0: You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast.
1: Hello, gleeful, glowing, and glamorous global gladiators. Welcome to Good Job Brain, your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast. This is episode 73, and of course, I'm your humble host, Karen, and we are your minks with links thinking about sphinx and sphincter whoa whoa wow
2: (laughs) i'm colin i'm dana and i'm chris
1: all right time for our first general trivia segment pop quiz hot shot And today's Pop Quiz Hotshot is a little different Mm -hmm. because we had two very special listeners who came and visited us a couple weeks ago on their summer vacation, Truman and Julia. Super cool kids and... And This uh, is what
2: they wanted to do on their summer vacation.
1: Yep. On their summer vacation, uh, they were by chance in Berkeley and they wanted to come hang out with us. (laughs) So we let them. And why not? Yeah, yeah, why not? They they actually had fun pressing our buzzers for us. Yes. Yeah. So it was yes. very cute.
3: <laughs> the first ever in-studio visit for a good job, Ray. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> very exciting. And uh, so here's what happened. In our studio, a.k.a. Colin's apartment, uh, we're joined by Truman and Julia. Truman is 11, Julia is 8, and they're going to press our buzzers for us, yeah? Thanks, you
2: guys. They nodded. Yeah, yes, yes. they nodded.
1: Here we go. What rapper refers to himself as Jigga and Jehovah.
2: <laughs>
1: yes! No. Julia pressed. Jay-Z. Jay-Z. Do you guys
2: know that? I, I didn't know that. Did you know that? <laughs> Truman and I don't listen to rap, apparently. <laughs>
1: All right. right. Oh, we were talking about Disney earlier. Here's a Disney question. What children's movie was the top-selling video of the 20th century?
3: Oh. Truman knows. Do you think no. you know? He's,
1: know? That's your buzzer. He's oh, gonna it's
2: my, oh, he's going yeah. to buzz in for me.
3: I have a guess. Um. you want to post mine for me? (laughs) Uh, Is it Little Mermaid?
1: Incorrect. Mm. Okay,
2: so it's the top-selling video of the The 20th 20th century. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, Chris has. Is it Fantasia?
1: Incorrect. Oh, wow. Wait, what was your logic behind that? That's because like, it, because it was a really popular.
2: Yeah, well, I heard I heard Fantasia was really big on VHS, but mm. I got it know.
1: upselling selling children's video. About... It is The Lion King. Really? Oh, oh. Really? I huh. think it's because it's it's not princessy. It's it works for both families and oh, boys and girls. Right, oh, but
3: still, that's pretty impressive. That movie came out when ninety at the, the ninety something tail yeah. end it's of true. the
2: twentieth century. Yeah. yeah.
1: Also, I believe a top-performing Disney soundtrack. As well. That circle Hmm. of life soundtrack. Hukuna Matata. They play that in the background of Toy Story when they're trying to catch up. Oh, really? really? That's some good trivia. That's a good Easter egg. That's a good
2: piece of trivia, yes. And now you guys know that Truman is real and not just somebody that we made up.
1: (laughs) 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 Okay. What 1980s cartoon series featured an 18 wheeler? Not done yet. Named Optimus Prime. <laughs> Everybody. Transformers. Yay. Yes. All right. Do you guys like candy? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay, here's a good candy question. I like how you pointed I'm to b- Julia, b- <laughs> I'm like b- Julia loves candy. She eats all the candy. There's
3: only one right answer to Do <laughs> yeah. you like right. candy?
1: Yes. Yes. What candy bar did the Mars family name for one of its horses?
3: What? Huh.
1: Yes, take a guess. Snickers? Yes! Wow! Oh,
3: that does sound like That's a horse's good. name. Yeah, yeah Snickers. Snickers.
1: Ooh, cartoons again. Lots of cartoon questions. All right. What middle initial is shared by Homer Simpson, uh-huh. Elmer Fudd, and Rocky and Bullwinkle? Yeah!
2: Julia you. Press. And you guys know?
1: I know. J. Yeah, Homer. Right. Homer
2: J. Simpson. Do yeah. you know what Bart Simpson's middle name is, Colin? You're a Simpsons fan.
3: Um. Yeah. It's also J.
2: Isn't it? Well, it starts with or it starts J. with the J. Yes. Uh, I
3: don't know what it stands oh, for. Oh, like the
2: word? It's yeah. It's JoJo. JoJo.
1: Wait. <laughs> full, like full middle name is JoJo. Yeah.
2: Bartholomew JoJo Simpson.
1: All right. Last question. Do you guys like soda? Well, <laughs> this is at... a really unhealthy quiz. Yeah, I am yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> no right, of sorry. They, they,
2: they look at each other a lot when they ask these questions. Yeah, like, like do you like soda? I don't know, man. Do we like soda?
1: <laughs> what should we say? All right. What soft drink had the tagline Obey Your Thirst? Uh, this might be a, this is back in the 90s right obey your thirst I think so. I think, oh, I, think so. I know I'm waiting to see I, if anybody else yeah. wants to take a stab take a at guess? this All right, obey we'll be, your thirst
2: hit me hit me <laughs> <gasps> Sprite. Yes. yes. Yeah.
1: Good job, everybody. Thank you, Truman, and thank you, Julia, for joining us and pressing our buzzers for us. That's very nice.
2: Oh, it's so nice to have people to do that for us. I know. <laughs> yeah. We should get I was,
1: permanent people in. I, know, always, do that, like.
2: I always kind of dreamed if we became famous, I wouldn't have to press my own buzzer anymore.
1: <laughs> you would hire a, a button a, I would hire a, a, presser. a button
2: presser to just, yeah. just save wear and tear on my on my fingers.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, Truman and Julia, would you like to say Goodbye. To everybody? Yeah? Come on to the microphones. Let's do it together. Let's do it together. All right. Everybody, bye! Bye! Yay! All right. So thank you guys, Truman and Julia, for visiting us.
3: And you guys can expect the bill for the visit to show up any day. Yes.
2: <laughs> Our rates are extremely, extremely affordable. reasonable.
1: Yeah. I got a piece
0: of mail. I hope <laughs> you guys have been this? saving your allowance. What, what's an invoice? <laughs>
3: <laughs> what is the Castorium Collection Agency?
1: <laughs> All right. Time to jump into this week's topic. At trivia at Pup Trivia. We usually get a lot of questions that are in the true or false format. So the quiz master would ask, true or false, blah, 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 blah. And on your answer sheet, you say true or false. When, you know, in school and tests, when you have a true or false test.
3: The, the T and the F. Yeah, F. the T and F. Yeah. So
1: like T for true, F for false. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm sure every kid <laughs> has done this, or at least has thought about doing this, as kids, you'd be like, oh, I'll write a T, and yeah. I'll put a little line across the T. So and
2: I'll, it, I'll maybe extend the top of it a little bit less to the left <laughs> than it is to the right.
3: <laughs> so it could pass either right. way, Or maybe. like erase
2: the line, but still leave it That's there. That's what yes. I would do. I would, yeah. I would do yeah. the one erase, and then erase would, it. Yeah. 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 So yeah. you could
3: maybe yes. maybe plausibly argue it either way. So
1: no, I, my eraser wasn't good. <laughs> the,
2: the trafalse. Yes. Yeah. Yes, <laughs>
1: the classic truffle. Yes, yeah. yeah. I've done that. No,
2: you guys
3: done that. Generations
2: of school children. I, I think I might have considered doing that once, like maybe I, should, you know, see if I can get away with it. But I probably my uh, my my goody two shoes nature prevented me from doing such a thing. It was always one of those like efforts yeah. at cheating that even I was embarrassed at
3: my effort. Oh, like, I, you I know, yeah. I, was, I would try it a couple times. I look at it, I'm like, oh, really? Has it come to this?
0: I remember I had a spelling test once, and the word was America. And I was like, I don't know how to spell America, and the kid next to me was like, Oh my God, look at the pencil, and it was American paper pencil. <laughs> and so, like, I wrote down, I wrote down American though, because I didn't know. <laughs>
1: pencil? <laughs> yeah, I would
2: that. Would have, totally yeah, given that
0: yeah, that would uh... I was so excited, and then it didn't work. <laughs>
1: like... So this week, uh, relately, we are going to jump into the world of uh, exploits and cheats and sneaky stuff and uh, shadiness. So <laughs> this week, we're talking about cheats and sneaks.
0: Your cheat. Will me make-
3: So, fellow listeners, uh, you'll be as impressed as I was when you find out that Karen this morning actually ran a marathon uh, before coming in to record the show. Thank you.
1: It was a a half marathon, but still, (laughs) I'm very proud of it. Oh, well,
3: I'm only half impressed. (laughs) I'm very achy. So I want to talk to you guys, in the vein of cheating, about one of my favorite all time cheating stories, hmm. and uh, you know, if you if you play enough trivia, if you go to enough pub quizzes, eventually you're going to be asked a question about Rosie Ruiz. Hmm.
1: Ro- Rosie Ruiz.
3: Rosie Ruiz. All right. So. I'm glad it sounds like maybe you haven't heard of her, so I can uh, enjoy a little bit of the story here. I think Chris Chris seems to be nodding appreciably. Yeah. The topic of the show is cheating, so uh, let me just cut right to the chase here. And she may have been a cheater. So you know, Karen, uh, in the world of marathons, the Boston Marathon is—I mean, if not, it's one of the most, if not the most prestigious marathon. Right. Right. And I mean, you had told me this a while ago. I mean, it's a big deal. You have to qualify. You know, you can't just—I'm going to go sign up and race this year. Right. You—you have to have post a good enough time. Right. To Mm -hmm. get. You have to
1: have uh, a time within your age range and your gender. There is a qualifying time. You have to make that or faster in order to even get – uh, not even a spot, but just to enter the uh, race.
3: If you're racing the Boston Marathon, you, you are a good runner. You know you know what you're doing. So in 1980, let's go back many years here in the Wayback machine to 1980, uh, the Boston Marathon. Uh, Rosie Ruiz crossed the finish line with the clock at two hours, thirty one minutes, fifty six
1: seconds.
3: Yeah.
2: Now that's now wait, a, some context for those of us who are not Karen and don't run marathons. Yeah. So time.
3: Karen's reaction should put that into context. Yeah. Now this yeah just for a little bit more context. That, that would have been the fastest. Time Time a woman had ever run at the Boston Marathon. Okay. Wow. All right, uh, okay it it all would right. have been the third fastest time ever run by a woman anywhere in a marathon. Okay. So it's mm-hmm. not a good time. That's a great time. Right from the start, people were a little suspicious of her time across the line.
1: Why? Just because it was well, super fast? Well, no one
3: had uh, ever huh.
2: heard of her. Right. right? For one thing, so there
3: was mm-hmm. that. Exactly. Like, no one ever heard of her and a lot of these people know each other. You'll have frequent winners, you know, two or three years in a row sometimes. Or they're yeah.
1: Olympians sometimes. Too? Sure. There were
3: other um, more obvious signs that perhaps something was amiss. Uh, she didn't really seem to be out of breath at all. <laughs> um, she, she wasn't even really sweating all that much. You know, her shirt was really comparatively oh, dry. Yeah. People were sort of really eyeballing her like, what is going on here? And in fact, the winner of the men's division, uh, he kind of went up to her and outright really doubted her story. Yeah. He's like, you know, he was asking her things like what your split times were. And she didn't, she didn't really seem to know or care.
1: What's uh, split times? Yeah. Splits are, so if you have a race, splits are usually kind of like landmarks, right? So at the 5K point, this was your time. At the 10K point, this is your time. Uh. And so as you're running... You, you'll kind of know what kind of yeah. pace you're if in. if you're an elite mm-hmm. runner especially. And this is before the time of like GPS run tracking or whatever that can just tell you through your headphones like what yeah. your time or your paces. Well, was his time close to hers? Because it would be
0: like, I ran 26 miles and I did not see you. Well, like, no, you're absolutely lady. right. Yeah.
3: The, the second and third place women were like, we no, we it. she didn't pass us. We didn't see her. We don't We don't know who she is. We did not see her on the course. And then on top of all of this, right, now as I say, you had to qualify to run the marathon. Um, So she had run in the New York Marathon earlier that year, which is also Mm -hmm. a fairly big deal marathon. Mm -hmm. Uh, The time that she posted was 25 minutes slower. So to make an improvement of 25 minutes in six months is is a big deal. So (laughs) nothing was adding up. People were really, really suspicious of Rosa Mm -hmm. Ruiz.
1: But she was good enough to qualify.
3: And that's the thing. She's still good. That's the thing. And so for a lot of people's minds, it's like, all right, well... How did she trim this time off her race? What was she doing? She must at least have some running skill, but what's, right. you know, what's her angle? So over the course of the next few days, th- there was also some other information that came forward that was really damning to Rosie Ruiz's case. There were a couple students, friends, who had come out to watch the race, and they said, Oh, we saw her burst out of the crowd of spectators like half a mile from the finish and kind of just barge her way onto the race course. And at the time, they remember thinking, like, who is this lady? What is she doing? Mm -hmm. They didn't think much of it. And then when they saw, you know, later in the news reports, they're like, that's the lady we saw. Rosie Ruiz. We saw her kind of just come out of the crowd half a mile from the finish. Mm -hmm. So it seems to be, I have to say. And this is
2: what year, by the way? This was 1980. 1980. This is 1980. So no cell phone cameras. yeah. Very few. No people one's tweeting. Doing... Crazy
1: lady came out of the crowd right. at half no, mile I mean, mark.
2: You, there, there might not be a lot of of actual physical evidence.
1: And before the times of you know smartphones and stuff, every every runner nowadays have a bib, mm. right? That has mm-hmm. their number, yeah. but also built into the bib, or actually they give you a little tag that you put on your shoe mm-hmm. as a RFID, tra- oh, like like okay. tracker, basically for sure. each personal runner. So right, as you're right. running through, say the five k split, mm-hmm. there's something built on the ground that. that... That will communicate with your RFID Mm. tag and then puts it in the system. That was their split time. That
0: RFID thing. Do you remember there was a um, a celebrity who gave their personal trainer like there are
3: Ugh. like somebody who's running with two. Oh no, life. they're like hey, clock, yeah. clock my time for me, yeah. right? Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. If that happens. Some people will run with multiple bibs. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. The time yeah. is really recording the time of the RFID tag crossing yeah. the finish line. Not, yeah. Not yeah. Yeah. that person. Um, so, but the the most damaging uh, story that came out was uh, from a woman named Susan Morrow, and Susan Morrow was watching news reports, uh, and she lives in New. York and she recognized Rosie Ruiz. She's mm-hmm. like, I know this woman. I ran into her the day of the New York City Marathon. <gasps> so Susan Morrow was on her way to watch a friend run in the marathon. Oh, did, did she she cheat was
1: she that one? She
3: was heading to the finish line, yeah. and she was taking the subway. On the subway, she sees a woman, you know, on the train wearing running gear and looking kind of down. She went over. She says she sat down next to her. They got to talking. Turns out this is Rosie Ruiz, and Rosie told Susan Morrow that she had dropped out of the race of the New York City Marathon. You know, a little bit before the halfway mark, she had hurt her ankle. But you know we're going to the same place. Uh, we're going to the finish line together. Oh Let's my gosh! Taking
1: the subway. She took to her. the
3: subway to the finish. They took the train. They went to the finish line of the New York City Marathon, and together they walked. And because Rosie Ruiz had her runners' gear on, they were getting waved through barricades. They were getting through without anybody really questioning mm-hmm. because she looked like she you know she was limping along. She was an injured runner. They got to the finish line, and at that point they separated and Rosie. Rosie Ruiz went over and declared, I'm an injured runner. Mm -hmm. They pulled her in, they recorded her time, and that was her registered time in the New York City Marathon. So she got a fraudulent time Mm -hmm. that she then used to qualify for the Boston Marathon six months later. So Susan Morrow came forward with her story and to this day, Rosie Ruiz maintains that she ran the race. She she has not fessed up.
0: So does she still hold the title as like the third No, they stripped her time and they Okay. awarded
3: they moved all the prizes down to oh, okay. the Okay so to not the like an women. asterisk no asterisk yeah okay. it was and she she never really had any plausible story for how you know she, yeah. her her best story was I was just feeling really energetic this morning when I got up. That was about the extent of yeah. her. Claim. And not
0: sweaty at all. Right, mm-hmm.
3: right. And it is because of Rosie Ruiz, Karen, that they started instituting measures like RFID tags. Whoa. This This was really the sort of the biggest uh, catalyst to them moving over toward that mm-hmm. system.
2: You know, when Rosie Ruiz finished somewhere in the middle of the pack or whatever it was, nobody was really paying any attention because she didn't win any prizes. And it was just sort of like, okay, well, she finished with this time or she didn't finish with this time. It doesn't really matter, right? When she wins first place when she wins it yep. and sets a oh, record. literally almost superhuman time <laughs> then and only then you can go back and then the evidence starts coming out that there's there's enough of a spotlight on her that like the the cheating is discovered. Yeah,
3: yeah I mean yeah. and to Chris's point if she had maybe been a little less ambitious she might not have gotten caught, you know? I mean the experts yeah. Oh, yeah. they all kind of say like she just she just didn't know what she was doing. Like she, right. she yeah. cheated too well.
2: Yes, 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 yes.
0: Wow. Wait, so when did they introduce RFIDs was it did they have the
1: technology like 1981
3: They started within just a couple years Oh wow. wow Yeah
1: and it's so easy because it's like you don't ha- no one has to really keep a time it's all automatic and then you mm-hmm. can go online and check your time oh, right when yeah it of
3: course of course it's all like, posted already, to the web today I check my yeah.
1: time like a minute after I crossed the finish line cuz I was like I don't know what time I have and it's oh right there that on makes the sense. website I didn't even think about cool. that
2: but of course they would have it yeah So well speaking about sticking with your story to the to the bitter end I would like to start off by reading you guys a passage from the New New Republic, a very prestigious American uh, news magazine, political news magazine, from May 18th, 1998 issue. And this is the first paragraph of an article uh, that was titled, Hack Heaven. Ian Restill, a 15-year-old computer hacker who looks like an even more adolescent version of Bill Gates, (laughs) is throwing a tantrum. I want more money. I want a Miata. I want a trip to Disney World. I want X-Man comic number one. I want a lifetime subscription to Playboy and throw in Penthouse. Show me the money. Show me the money. Over and over again, the boy who is wearing a frayed Cal Ripkin Jr. t-shirt, is shouting his demands. Across the table, executives from a California software firm called Jooked Micronics are listening and trying ever so delicately to oblige. Excuse me, sir, one of the suits says, tentatively, to the pimply teenager. Excuse me. Pardon me for interrupting you, sir. We can arrange more money for you. Then you can buy the comic book, and then, when you're of more, say, appropriate age, you can buy the car and pornographic magazines on your own. (laughs) This was the this was the lead paragraph to this story in the New Republic that was a really hot story because this was 1998 it was just absolutely capturing the imaginations of people you know of the, the sort of nascent Silicon Valley culture of teenage kids getting one up on on you know emerging computer companies and it was an amazing amazing story and it was also completely 100% made up
1: Aww.
2: totally totally fake This was written by But it
1: sounds sounds so Real. It sounds so real and it sounds
2: so good and it turned out to be too good to be true. Oh. So it was written by Stephen Glass, uh. twenty-five years old at the time, he had been working as an editor at the New Republic for a few years. He had been the executive editor of his school's paper, the Daily Pennsylvanian, and you know he was well respected. He was a he was a great writer. Everybody liked him. The staff at Fortune, Fortune Digital, their their sort of website that they had at the time, wondered how exactly they had been scooped on this because they had not heard of a company called Juked My Micronics mm. and they had not heard of a hacker. The guys at Fortune were like, "Well, this is our beat." We're going to go to the New Republic and to Stephen Glass and to his editors and just interviewed them about the story and just asked them about it because like Where did we're, it come from? Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. just taken totally off guard by this. There was little enough evidence in nineteen ninety eight. It was really it was tougher to sort of prove that something didn't happen because, mm-hmm. you know, reporters were still just sort of meeting with sources and there's not like digital recordings. And what ended up happening was with with the Hack Heaven story, they hammered him on all of the things. They could not find anything. He said to them, like at one point, you know, I'm I'm increasingly beginning to feel like I have been duped. <laughs> And and the story he then told was these hackers, and this is all from reports mm. that came out later, Ooh. Vanity Fair did a really big article that was turned into a movie called mm-hmm. Shattered Glass, and yeah. he had talked about, like, oh, these hackers, you know, I think they, they convinced me that there was this fake made-up company. This company oh my didn't God. exist.
1: <laughs> yeah. They,
2: so his editor took him to the hotel where he had said that that meeting between the, the 15 year old hacker and the, and the, the juked my Chronics company had happened. And I mean, and he would just start spinning up this whole story about like, okay, oh, I sat there and then he came in the lobby here and then I walked up and talked to him there. And then we went through these doors, went to this conference room. There's
3: all this on the spot. Yeah.
2: And he was, and he starts producing for his editor, Stephen Glass starts producing business cards, emails. Um, he made a fake company website. Uh, For this company, he even went so far as to give his editor his brother's Palo Alto, California phone number, and the editor called up that number, thinking that was the an 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 executive at at Juked Chronics and his brother was in on the whole thing and like answered, you know, for him. (laughs) He made up the whole story, and then as they started asking him more stuff, he started creating a false trail of evidence. Be like, of course the company exists. Here's the dude's business card. Mm-hmm. Of course the company exists. Here's the the website. Oh, here, email this guy. Oh, he didn't get back to you? Oh, the email's been been killed? Let me find you another email. And just, just trying to spin it out as long as he possibly could. Eventually, finally, he says, Okay. I wasn't actually at the meeting. They told me about it. And I wrote the story as if I had been at the meeting, but they had just <laughs> told me that it had happened. <gasps> which Which would itself be a breach of journalistic ethics but but not nearly as serious as making it up out of whole cloth thing is it you know it starts out with fabulists and that's what they call people like Stephen glass you know it starts out with little things it starts fabulous. out with like fabulists as in people who create fables not fabulous okay. no.
3: They might Uh, also
0: be fabulous, fabulous. Fabulous, fabulous.
2: Yes. You start out with little things, you know. You start out by like, oh, you know, I need a good quote in this story to really tie it all together. I'll just make one up, and then nobody catches you. Right. And then you start making up. You know, maybe it's half made up and half true. You know, maybe you're just sort of you're doing some of the reporting, and then you're just sort of fleshing it out with other stuff that you made up, which probably sounds true and might even be true. You know, you just didn't really do the legwork on it. And the next thing you know, you don't get caught. You don't get caught. You don't get caught you are fabricating entire people, companies, everything out of thin air because you think that you're invincible. Uh, Stephen Glass uh, currently has been working as a paralegal in the state of California and actually wants to get a license to practice law. And uh, that case is is I believe currently in front of the California Supreme Court.
0: Whether he because can because
2: whether or not he can uh, do that. be allowed to practice law in oh, the state of
0: California. Because he's proven he's unethical. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh
2: big time. And that is exactly the sort of the foundation of the case that's in front of the Supreme Court and so this was a while ago but I haven't been able to find any updates so oh. I don't know if the Supreme Court is going to cast a, so, wait, does a judgment mean, on that. So does
3: that mean that he applied to be a lawyer and yeah. someone said
2: no and now he's suing Oh him? yeah, the, the yeah. bar, oh, no, 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 wow. the, the bar association oh, I mean, yeah. to oh, stop so him even, from ever, yeah. Has oh even wow. Taken the bar oh he can't. has, he's t- passed him with flying colors. The guy's he's incredibly smart. smart but like you <laughs> have to, they have to allow you to practice law. He's been lies. Oh not just like if
0: you ace the test and you're fine. You can be disbarred for moral reasons. Yeah. Ethics, or, yeah, or
2: never admitted to the legal profession in the in the first place. Wow.
0: yep. Yeah. So I I mean, you can cheat by lying outright, or you can also cheat by stealing other people's work. That's so right. I'm talk about um, plagiarism. Did you know that plagiarism? The Latin root for it is "kidnap." No, no. yeah. So it's like you you kidnap somebody else's thoughts. So was a poet who said that this guy kidnapped my verses. Huh. I like that. Huh. That's
1: actually really fiery. Real. Yeah, very poetic. It's
0: very poetic. A poet said that. Yeah. So, <laughs> Have you ever heard of Lee? <laughs> I
1: know you're going to ask, have you guys ever plagiarized? <laughs> the gonna...
2: answer might surprise you.
1: Uh, yes. Yeah. In 4th grade. Did I just, you? What yeah. did you do? All my reports were just just Copied off from the encyclopedia, word for word. No, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Th-
2: well, that's well. There's actually, I mean, plagiarism is a sliding scale, right, Dana? I mean, there's yeah. there's there's copying right out of the encyclopedia, word for word, and then there's other degrees of plagiarism as well.
1: But I think maybe back then it was more of a, a test on resourcefulness. And less on the actual like, content, <laughs>
0: like maybe like maybe. like being able
1: to find the right information, yeah. like matching yeah. information. Because I still yeah. had to
0: read all of it. Your I filter. still had to
3: flip to the right page. Yeah, you, you tried me.
0: And you know the thing with plagiarism, if you cite your source, now you're you're researching. You're you're, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> plagiarism. 100%. Plagiarism is you kidnap the word. You're pretending that it's yours. You're passing it off somebody else's ideas or as thoughts as as if they were yours. But if you said, "Oh, Encyclopedia Britannica says," <laughs> you can just quote a whole page <laughs> like, <laughs> one page down yeah. the name of Karen's yeah. report
3: was just encyclopedia britannica says by karen too it's a lot harder for kids to get away with plagiarism
0: these days than maybe when we were in school there's all sorts of plagiarism programs now computer programs where right. they where they search through a database of other student papers yeah. and if your paper is too close to somebody else's they'll flag it mm-hmm. so that's how the main like, the most popular one works, which is right. called turnitin.com.
2: And it will find yeah. it will find pastiches, too. If you've taken things from multiple sources and kind of jammed all the sentences together, it will find those. Mm. It yeah. will find edit, find, replace. You know, mm-hmm. it will find, like, if you just take something and just drop in a bunch of synonyms, yeah. it will find <laughs> that, so, too. <laughs> it will find yeah. you out.
0: They can tell if your writing style changes yes. over the course of your page. Yep. So it's like... All of a sudden, you start using really complicated words in this section, and then you go back t- down to like normal words for your grade level, whatever. I don't know if Turnitin does that, but other plagiarism ones do that mm-hmm. too, which I thought it was cool. So Harvard recently, a, a bunch of kids got-, got expelled from Harvard this year mm-hmm. for plagiarizing. There was a- 279 people in the class and a about half of them cheated on their final exam, Aye. or they think they plagiarized mm-hmm. each other.
1: Well, so it's not illegal, but yeah, Harvard yeah. can but, kick you but out. But in school, yeah. it's really frowned upon. Well, You're supposed to, to come yeah. up with your own ideas. Yeah. Right,
2: yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the whole thing, right? I mean, it's, it's coming up with, it's adding something to the discussion and not misrepresenting scholarship that someone else did as an idea that you yeah. came up with. Yeah. yeah.
0: Back to journalism, though. Have you heard of... Leanne Spiderbaby McDougal. Have you heard of her?
3: Uh, only just in the last few weeks did that yeah. name enter only my
1: consciousness. Only just
0: now. <laughs> so, That's a crazy yeah. name. Well, That's Spider re- Baby's her web name, her professional handle, maybe. Uh, okay, so she's handle. So she's a, um, a horror critic or a writer, reviewer. Um, she's also Quentin Tarantino's girlfriend. Oh. And very recently, she got busted for plagiarism. Mm. Big time plagiarism. What Where does all, she do? Many of her posts on FearNet, they've found... Were written by other people by other bloggers and you could see different um chunks of her reviews taken from other writers she kind of would paste them together edit them together
3: wow and she was a a draw on the site
0: she's a draw so she's taking down all her articles and she had this like big apology on twitter recently it's kind of kind of sad embarrassing it's embarrassing it's embarrassing
2: do you guys do you guys know that the novel assassin of secrets by by no. QR Market, it was released in 2011. So. By okay. Who, published by Little Brown to acclaim, it was a spy thriller. Uh, people were like, "Oh, you know, fantastic debut novel." It was just really, really great. And it turns out the entire book was just a pastiche of paragraphs and sections and chapters and stuff taken <sighs> from other people's spy novels. Lots and lots of stuff like lifted from James <laughs> Bond novels and stuff like that. Right?
1: They didn't notice. just
2: strung it. Nobody noticed. He just <sighs> strung it all together so expertly. Essentially, it, it worked yeah, as it was a just, story. Yeah, I was just well, say, yeah. I mean, you know you, you know, some... you change the names to your characters' names and stuff <laughs> like that. But you just describe like this is you just swap out the names, but and that's, that's still how it works. Very
1: masterful.
2: It was discovered very quickly after publication and confirmed. But, yeah, and confirmed. Oh, because the passages were identical. Yeah, in,
0: that, in that's book, why. That's books. why we were surprised it even got published. It was right, like they didn't right, even. Right. Well, nobody recognize... put it through
2: the plagiarism software, basically. Yeah. That's Ugh.
0: surprising. Do they, so? They do that with
3: books too. I don't
0: know. They don't. I don't they think they. I guess
3: not. They published it. They maybe. So do people get their money back if they bought the book? No, no it's probably
0: <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah I i was just it. I curious how it hangs together. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, masterful. it's bad but
1: neat. I've made fake sources before.
2: <laughs> you know. This is uh, a real really? confessional <laughs> Karen for you, is isn't a it? fabulous. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But I was re- I was a kid. I would make up like people like author names and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember one s- source I made up was Mary Miller. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sounds you're like- good at it. I would get
0: too elaborate and then I'd freak myself out <laughs> and I'd have to take <laughs> it out. Millicent Periwinkle. No, Eugenia Blackwell. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, he's <laughs> too. <true." laughs> all sound like dickens characters <laughs> and i'm like delete this is not gonna work <laughs> bad job brain <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was young. I had no idea. sure. You were like, what, 21, 22? Yeah. <laughs> I was like
1: 12. Okay. All righty. In honor of our uh, sponsor for this episode, Squarespace, online platform for creating websites and stuff. I've commissioned Colin, yes. even though I didn't pay him. I've asked him <laughs> okay. very nicely. By, by order of Karen. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're all pretty web savvy, but I would say, Colin, you're probably the most... Aww. Web savvy out of all of us mm-hmm. because of Squarespace being online and stuff to make an online internet quiz.
3: Yes, I have uh-huh. a quiz for you guys called Webmasters oh, with a nice. Z. Webmasters yeah, with, Z with a Z. Z. One. Yes, as Karen, as you alluded to, these are all uh, questions about the internet, the web, famous things in that sphere. So I will read out the questions. You guys get your buzzers ready.
1: Here I, we hope go. They're, I hope they're challenging because all of us are pretty good. I I would say you guys are all pretty good. There's I
3: hope there are some challenging ones in okay, here, okay. Uh, but tried to make it fun. All so, right. Uh, all right, so let's start off. When the domain name system was introduced in 1985, okay, mm-hmm. now we've talked before about domains on the show, right? So .com is sure. a top-level domain. All right. So okay. when the domain name system was implemented in 1985, there oh. were originally six Three-letter, top-level domains created. All of them are still in use today. Uh-huh. I just gave you one, mm-hmm. dot okay. .com. Would anyone like to take a stab at listing all six? We
1: can go around. Oh,
2: right, yeah, okay. we can
3: do an order. I think Chris, though, why don't you take a whack at it?
2: Okay. Um, .com.net.gov.edu.org.
0: .org. Did org. you get gov?
2: Yeah, I got gov. gov. One more. Org com e d U .mil for military. Oh, interesting. Yes. Do they use that at yes. all?
3: They do, in fact, use it. Uh, huh. It's exclusively reserved for the use of U.S. military-based sites. Huh. Uh, the U.S. doesn't own the internet, but uh, a lot of the early domain uh, rules and regulations were set up in the U.S. bosses. Yes, yes. yes. right. it. Right. Uh, yeah, that's right. But .com, of course, quickly became the de facto yeah. <laughs> default Well, top originally level
2: .com was supposed to be for commercial websites. Right. then.NET .net was supposed to be for things that were of a non-commercial use. If I was just to have my own website or whatever,
3: right? That's generally mm-hmm. right. They, they yeah. imagine.net might be used for networks of sites that all kind of resolve to a similar oh, place. Right. right. Oh, uh, web rings. I had some. Oh. I
0: was in some web rings. Yeah. Radiohead. Uh-huh. Web rings.
3: The oldest. Online language translation service and still in operation today was named after a tiny yellow creature. <gasps>
0: oh, sorry. From
3: what famous novel? Oh, Dana famous Eagerly. Famous novel. Is it Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Yes, it's yes! Hitchhiker's oh, Guide oh, to
2: the Galaxy. Yeah.
0: Of course. and mentioned, yeah. Babelfish. The, Babelfish. Babelfish. the
2: huh. Babelfish. Yes, I remember that. Yes,
3: Babelfish, created by uh, Digital Equipment Corporation and Alta Vista originally. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it passed hands a couple times uh, from Alta Vista. Yahoo owns and operates Babelfish today. Still running, still mm-hmm. operational. I forgot
1: that was in Hitchhiker's Guide to yeah. the Galaxy. put Babelfish. it in your
3: ear, which was crazy. I looked up his original passage from uh, talking in the book. Uh, he actually describes it as a small yellow leech-like character. Ah. Mm-hmm. So it leeches in the air that uh, basically mm-hmm. it would absorb brainwaves and Banana con- slice, convert yeah. them to other... He uh, would absorb languages and convert them so you could understand any language. I and
0: have a thing about things in my ear, and that's why it's so vivid to me. Like right. <laughs> right. thought a lot about it.
3: Now, you guys may have heard of a little company on the internet called Google, maybe? Uh, what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also probably know that Google is named after... A real life concept of yeah. Google, G O O G O L. Yes. Yeah. What is a Google? Dana.
0: One with a hundred zeros. After That's correct.
3: It. <laughs> it is one followed by a hundred zeros. What
1: power is that?
3: That's well, ten to the hundredth power.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, uh.
3: and google is a fun silly word and you guys may have heard the story before this is true this is an absolutely true story the term was coined by the nine-year-old nephew of a mathematician named edward kasner mm-hmm. and he was basically mm-hmm. trying to come up with a name to really get the idea of an unimaginably large number but right. that is a real number and so his nine-year-old That's a really hard <laughs> question to ask kids. well you know you ask a nine-year-old and nine-year-old milton came up with google mm-hmm. wow. and he also came up with Googleplex. Oh, really? Yes. Huh. Now, this is where I. This one always tickles me. So, oh. Google's headquarters uh, down in Mountain View is called the Googleplex. Yeah. Yeah. Google, Google complex. complex. But yeah. a Googleplex was also introduced as a mathematical concept by nine-year-old Milton. Mm-hmm. Do you know what a Googleplex
2: is? I believe that's uh, a Google times a Google. It is ten to the Google power.
3: Oh, okay, <laughs> so okay. it is an yeah. even crazier, right. no.
0: unimaginably
3: no. No. large uh, number. Ten to the Google. Ten
0: to power. hundred. Right. No, yeah. Ten to, to ten to hundred. So one with hundred yes. zeros 10 after it.
3: Ten to the one hundred. That's yeah, right. That's, yeah. Okay. Yeah. A lot. Scientists have have uh, said you you could not possibly write this number out. You, oh, it, would, okay. it would exceed the span of a human lifetime by oh, so many orders of magnitude. Wow. It would take up more space <laughs> than is available in the universe. You could not write this number out. Got Jeez. it. <laughs> Milton's definition for Googleplex originally was, one, followed by writing zeros until you get tired.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so it might be less than a Google. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right, I'm going to read you guys a list of items, and I want you to tell me, what, what, what makes these items special? What do they have in common? Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. A Toyota Tercel, mm-hmm. a Superman lunchbox, a mm-hmm. broken laser pointer, and underwear autographed by Marky Mark.
2: Oh, nice. Karen.
1: Uh, are they all uh, first things sold on eBay? That
2: is correct.
1: Oh, I, nice. I cannot believe you
2: you No, I didn't put that together. I
1: was
3: like, way back, no. Way back in 1995, <laughs> no. when eBay was still uh, the, known as Auction Web, the, the story goes oh, that... broken
0: point. Yeah, that's yes. the one that, why would you buy?
3: That is okay. famously said to be uh, possibly the first, certainly among the first items ever sold, by the founder, by Pierre Omidar. He had sold a broken laser pointer ah. for $14.83. What? He expensive. was shocked when somebody bought it, yes. Right. The, story, the story goes that he contacted the, the buyer and was like, you're aware this is a broken laser pointer. Mm-hmm. There was like, oh yeah, I collect broken laser pointer,
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, and thus just proving yeah. Yeah. the proof of concept <laughs> of He's It's like, just oh, this about is gonna work. matching up the item to the one person yeah. who wants it. Yeah. Wow. yeah, All right,
3: we'll close it out here with uh, one more for you guys. What is an octothorpe? What? If I asked you to draw oh. an octothorpe for me, keep in mind the genre of questions we are asking yes. here. Yeah. Something you might encounter out on the web or the internet. It is very common. I can practically guarantee you guys see it every day. <laughs>
2: Chris, Is this a hash mark? Yes! Okay, um, sorry. An
3: octothorpe is Whoa. one of the, the many names the the for... The pound
2: symbol, the pound. hash mark. The yeah.
3: pound okay. symbol, the number sign, the huh. hash mark. Mm-hmm. Yes, the octothorpe is yes. one of the more uh, technical-sounding names for it. Like ampersand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Frustratingly, there are several origin stories behind the word octothorpe. Uh, some mm-hmm. people say it comes from old map-making terms. I don't tend to buy that one. Uh, engineers at Bell Laboratory claim that they coined the term uh and it I, I tend to put some stock in that because it was used in phone systems you know it's the pound uh-huh, key okay. mm-hmm. and yeah. they claim that they introduced that name for that symbol because they felt it needed a better name Octothorpe. why and do people
1: call it hash mark now is that also I mean, well it is hashes.
2: i mean that's in drawing right oh, okay you know, like cross vertical lines and yeah hash, that is hash- that is definitely hashes, yeah.
1: yeah i guess pound is weird to say there's another
3: theory that it may come from the word
1: pound hash. good job brain like, that's <laughs> oh, Wow! Right? Yeah. yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Well, you know, in the course of reading this, it, you it's know, so someone, made, someone made the point like they don't call it the pound sign in the UK, and I was like, Oh, right. of course, because of the obvious right. confusion yeah. with pounds. What do they call it? Uh, they tend to call it a hash. Is, is yeah. yeah, because a their money's the pound, mm-hmm. right?
2: Which raises the question: What do we call it the pound?
3: It you know historically was used to stand in like for pounds and weights. Oh, really? So like huh. if, you were, if you were at the grocers, oh. you know, it might say pork priced 10, 10 hash mark, meaning this is the price for 10 pounds of you know pork or whatever. Wow. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. Not like
2: you're time. buying 10 pounds of pork. I don't know what you're making. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's true.
0: Don't worry I don't about
2: it. The <laughs> thing. I? Don't you or your a pretty a little head about total it.
0: total
1: normal amount of pork to buy. <laughs> 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 None of your business. <laughs> oh, great. Well, listeners, I hope you enjoyed our little web quiz. Hopefully it inspires you to maybe go make your own website. And you can definitely... Go to Squarespace.com for your free trial and additional 10% off. And all you have to do is use our super awesome code, BeaverButt. So, I have a story, and it's not necessarily cheating, cheating, but it's definitely sneaky. Okay. And it's uh, kind of an exploit, and 100% shady. <laughs> and this was inspired because last week at Pub Trivia, we got the question, and we got it wrong. The question was, what was the largest Canadian export in the 1700s? Oh, yeah. 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 Now to be
2: fair, <laughs> so because
1: like, eh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, we memories. said the
0: right answer, we well, just didn't pick the right, right answer. Yes, yeah. it
2: was one of the. It was one of two we were considering, which was we were considering fur, mm. yeah. and we were considering. Lumber, mm. yeah, wood. Turns out it was the fur trade. Yes. Yeah, the largest export of Canada for a couple of centuries.
1: They realized, hey, there's a lot of animals and uh, <laughs> that <laughs> we can get <laughs> that we, <laughs> we can get fur from, and yeah. and they're coming from England and right. France. Why not send some people and go on explorations, kind of Lewis and Clark, but in Skisk Canada, skin everything know? you find. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Go deeper, see what
0: other yeah. animal yeah. you can everything find you can and find. kill it. Guys, so
3: far every animal we've seen. has... Has had some fur on it. I think we should keep looking. It gets (laughs) cold up here. Just keep going. (laughs) Why didn't you read that a week ago, Karen? I I know.
1: I know. But then this research led me to this sneaky, kind of crazy sounding story. A member from our rival pub trivia team actually mentioned it and when we were kind of talking about you know pub quiz and stuff he's like oh you didn't hear about this and this and I was like what that sounds crazy (laughs) so I read about it so there was a giant theft in Canada that happened it was a big deal because what was stolen was valued at 18 million dollars whoa the thing that was stolen is really weird. It's maple syrup.
2: Oh. 18 The, the, million, real, the real stuff. Yeah,
1: the real good right. stuff. Canada has something called the Global Strategic Maple Syrup Reserve. Oh. <laughs> Instead of strategic oil it's, reserves. It's, yep. <laughs> <It> strategic <laughs> Maple Syrup exactly <laughs> Reserve. exactly what it's sure. like yep. Or yep. analogous to the oil reserve. If one year there's bad harvest they've got uh, maple syrup they can
2: release syrup out mm. of the reserves yep and because
1: they produce the world's uh, like three-fourths of the world's maple syrup right. you know they they need to control yeah, right. yeah. yeah. And it's a big deal so obviously all of the syrup has to live somewhere <laughs> how much syrup does the global strategic maple syrup reserve hold it holds right now estimate <laughs> 46 million pounds of syrup. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. I did some calculations, and that's about how much 23,000 blue whales would weigh. 23,000?
0: <laughs> I was like, oh, oh i got to put
1: this in context. Oh, yeah.
3: Okay. That's a, yeah. It's, it's, it's a much more standard unit of measurement. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the blue whale. Yeah. Yeah. Right. imagine. Providing the blue whale. The yeah. animal
1: on Earth. <laughs> 23,000 of them. That- that's how much maple syrup. Wow. Mm. That's a lot of syrup. It is. So the theft... They made out uh, with probably 10 million pounds of syrup, which mm-hmm. still is a lot. And it's syrup. It's, it's, did they just tap
3: into the tanks or were these like in trucks? Like where? How did they do it? Yeah. yeah. Just a giant
2: straw. I mean. So, so, the wedge. I just a giant <laughs> straw. No, a Mrs. Butterworth's bottle. <laughs> yeah. That the big as the Statue of Liberty. <laughs>
0: She's it's like me, hungry. hungry, and then she just drinks it all. Oh, she's <laughs> not like, alive it in it my fantasy. she was like the stay puffed marshmallow man. Oh, in yeah. oh yeah, yeah.
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so the global strategic syrup reserve—they keep the syrup in ah, drums and barrels, a large industrial mm-hmm. types. And at that time, the original warehouse was being remodeled, oh. and they actually had another storage unit. Uh, A warehouse that the Federation uh, (laughs) reserved to put some of the extra syrup in there while they're remodeling. The thieves rented another portion of the warehouse for an unrelated business. Okay. Right. So they're sharing that space. So that enabled them to drive large trucks with forklifts into the building Mm -hmm. and, you know, Uh... people won't get suspicious. And so when no one else was around, the thieves gradually um they emptied the syrup barrels <laughs> and uh actually some of them were even filled back with water just so that they would uh, oh, yeah, sure. it's like what you do You'd at a mini bar yeah sure. in a hotel room what, what?
2: karen this con- <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're, this, we're this finding out what's this
0: sneaky
2: string of and... <laughs> confessions of stuff that you've pulled over your life cuz now it's spiraling now you can't say you were 12 raiding the hotel mini bar and replacing it with water.
1: no i'm just saying i didn't say i do it i'm uh, saying it's just tip of tongue. So we're like, oh. Yeah, oh. You know of it. yeah I know of it. I've <laughs> sure. never done it. I've never done it. And what did they do with the syrup? I mean, they, they sold yeah. them. They set up a, a kind of legitimate maple syrup dealers, basically. <laughs> and they would sell the maple syrup to other Canadian provinces that don't Produce maple syrup, sold it to the U.S. Sold it on the,
3: on the brown market. <laughs> yeah.
1: More of an amber. I mean, really. Oh, that's good. The amber one. Did they bust them? Did they get the people? They did. I mean, this sounds all ridiculous
2: and all, but... Oh, sure.
1: But it's still, it's important business. It's it is. It's a oh, big God. part of Canadian economy. And if the thieves had succeeded, your normal maple syrup probably would go up Price by, you know, a lot. Mm-hmm. So it, it mm-hmm. does have this effect. The companies that were buying the stolen syrup, how would they know? Like, it's maple syrup. <laughs> yeah. Like, you can't right. prove this barrel of syrup is the stolen one or is not the stolen one. So, I mean, yeah. that really kind of delayed the process of, of nailing these guys, too. Wow. It's, yeah. it's,
2: it was smuggled <laughs> inside McGriddles yeah. and then carefully extracted.
1: <laughs> Put it in balloons. It's <laughs> like a Canadian Ocean's <laughs> Eleven. <laughs> yeah.
2: Got Flying across the country, swallowing balloons full of syrup. Oh,
0: syrup. Oh man. Yuck.
2: My life is a syrup yeah. mule.
1: <laughs> Memoir. Shocking
3: expose. Feels so
0: sluggish. I bet. <laughs>
3: All right. Well, I will uh, wrap it up. Our tales of cheating and shady behavior here with uh, one uh, last little segment for you guys. So you know, no surprise to the three of you at least that uh, I really love Las Vegas.
2: Kind of yeah. surprised to hear that I didn't know that.
3: But oh, okay, really? All right, great. I do. I love it. I love. I. I just. I, I love gambling in general. I. You know, mm-hmm. I got it under control, guys. It's not. a <laughs> problem. It Just. I love the 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 fake and glitz and yeah. shine and. So not only do I like going to Las Vegas to play uh, blackjack, mostly is my game of choice, but I love stories of height and swindles and cheating. And as you might imagine, you know, casinos are a just A tantalizing opportunity for cheaters and swindlers. Mm -hmm. If you figure out the right scam, you can make lots of money. So, you know, there have been any number of stories over the years of people with, you know, electromagnetic devices they've smuggled in to affect the roulette wheel and all kinds Mm -hmm. of crazy, you know, radios that communicate with each other at the tables and various Mm -hmm. high-tech things like that. But there's one incident that supersedes all of these in terms of cheating, which is just uh, outright theft. A few years ago, uh, there was a brazen, brazen robbery at the Bellagio. You guys may have read about oh. this. This was a big deal. This was in the early hours of the morning. A guy rode up on a motorcycle... Parked it outside Bellagio, without taking his helmet off, strode in. He's got a gun in his hand. Walked up to one of the craps tables, one of the higher limit craps tables. Stole a million and a half dollars worth in chips. Wow! Oh,
1: he just took it. Just yeah. walked
3: right up. Yep. Just, just brazenly took it off the table. People were kind of stunned. Like, right. you know, what's Ooh. going on? And You know, it was really early in the morning. It was not really a lot of people around. Yeah. Next thing you knew, he's back out the casino, hops Did on. He his, escaped. He escaped. Gets on his motorcycle and rides away off into the night, into the Las Vegas night. With with a mm-hmm. million and a half dollars worth in chips. Mm-hmm. Now you might be thinking like that sounds like a lot of chips. Now It is a lot of chips, but many of the chips that he took were $25,000 chips. Oh, okay. Okay? So the smallest denomination they took were $100. So, I mean, this was a big deal, and the cops obviously wanted to try and catch this guy, but... Wait, hold on. Yes.
1: But in order for him to actually get the money, he still has to trade in the chips for cash. That's right.
3: right. So, you know, presumably he had one of two plans. His plan was either I'll come back and just sort of spend them slowly over the next weeks, months, years. because
2: Because they didn't get a picture of my face. Base right, or whatever it is. Yep,
3: yep. Or I will sell them to it's other gamblers. Sure. Yeah. Because you know.
2: why don't you just take you know one of those twenty five thousand dollars chips and sell it to 20. some totally other random dude? Yeah, for twenty thousand yeah. dollars. Mm-hmm. That's for free five thousand dollars.
3: Now the casino, aside from being put out of just the affront on their security, they were not particularly worried. They weren't out any money because they. Right instantly did two things. They instantly put a new set of chips into circulation that looked Mm. different from the old chips, Ah. and they basically declared, these other chips are no good anymore. Now, on top of that... They also deactivated the chips because oh. every single one of those chips contained an RFID tag uh. inside the chip. So, I mean, probably sense. maybe
2: not the I mean was it the hundred dollar ones or just the twenty-five. So this is really ones? interesting.
3: It uh, it only costs, they say it costs about two dollars, two fifty to embed an RFID chip in a chip. Okay. So it's worth it to them for really chip and a chip, chip and a chip. chip, and a chip. So it's worth it yeah. to them for pretty much any chip all way up part of this is for security so they can do things like instantly taking the chips out of the system and if someone tries to redeem that chip they're like no this is stolen yeah. or this yeah. is deactivated where'd yeah. you get this mm-hmm. it also helps them with things like just routine management of chips you know you can dump out a tray of chips on an RFID reader and tells you oh here's the value of this pile that you put oh, out there oh that's yeah. so smart it's really smart it's really smart
1: wow that makes their job so much easier <laughs> like no yeah. seriously I think, yeah. you know when you watch movies and like someone wins the giant slot in five, yeah, like, yeah, 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 it's yeah, like awesome. raining down. That's like, oh, man, I'd hate to be the, the person who had to count every single one of <laughs> yeah. I just scan it.
3: Yep, yep, yep. So overnight, not even overnight, within an hour, this guy's chips were totally... Uh, zero. Zero, yeah. that's right. So eventually, he did get busted. He got caught in a sting doing exactly what we talked about. He got caught in a sting trying to sell the chips online uh, for a bargain, and he was, you know, quickly taken into custody sigh. and sentenced, and yes,
1: Wow. Well, that is the end of our show. Lots of lots of shady business. <laughs> <laughs> My own secrets coming out. I know. Now we're like, oh,
2: Karen is pretty sneaky. Just, just <laughs> volunteered <Yeah>. all. <laughs>
1: yeah. On in every segment, Karen's right. like, oh yeah, you just do this thing, yeah. and then. <laughs> Anyways, well, I hope you guys learn a lot about anti cheating mechanisms. We don't want people to cheat. Hearing about people who cheat and then you know the companies and the people who try to stop it, I think is super interesting. It's super smart too. Lists. Fabulous lists. Fabulists. Fabulists, sure. Plagiarism, casino cheating, uh, maple syrup heist, and also marathon cheating. Some crazy stuff. You can find our show on iTunes. On Stitcher, on SoundCloud, and also on our website, Good Job Brain, which is built with Squarespace, who is our uh, sponsor this episode. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye! Bye. Bye.